Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and uh, with me as always to talk about all things women's cycling and holy shit there's a lot to talk about this week but especially things Edinburgh women's cycling is my dear friend Sarah. Hi Sarah. Hello. I can't believe that we've had a couple of weeks where we're getting no video at all to suddenly being, oh God, I don't know if I've watched everything I know. Yet. I mean, last week was basically literally the holy shit, there's nothing to watch rant episode. And this week we genuinely have so much racing that Sarah and I were talking before we started recording and going, I don't know how we're going to fit it all in. So yeah. <laughs> bear, with us. Have- bear with us as we race through the races. Yes, and we do have a solution, dear listener. If we've missed anything out, you go to our blog, prowomenscycling.com, where we've got all the videos and links and links to photos and links to results and stuff like that. So yeah. if you're sitting there going, well, what happened about that race? It's all on the site. And to further complicate matters, it's also been a great week for various social media and blogs and stuff. And we'll, we'll try to wrap that up for you quickly as well. But hey, let's, uh, let's jump straight in and talk racing. So where would you like to start, Sarah? Well, let's start last Friday in the Netherlands, in Valkenburg. Oh, my God, Dan, Valkenburg. Oh, wow, oh you, God, really, you really hate Valkenburg, yeah. Oh, it has hills, it's beautiful, it's amazing. And it was the Bowles Rental Hills Classic. Now, this may be familiar to you in the past as the Holland Hills or the Park Hotel Valkenburg Hills Classic, but this year it's Bowles Rental Hills Classic because what do we know about Bowles Rental? They're the only place you should ever hire a crane or a portaloo from. Exactly. Um, or both. You know, you can use the crane to move the portaloo, and once you're finished, you can use the portaloo after you've been doing all that hard crane work. So Exactly. You know. mm. um, it's, it's a very hilly race. It includes the Kalberg and all the other hills, because, you know, Valkenberg's this ridge of hills. <laughs> it's... Up and down, up and down. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it's not named the Hills Classic for nothing. They literally, <laughs> they've literally found every Dutch hill there is and then race over it. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so it was a hard race, tough race, uphill finish. We've got lots of video on our site, but Dan, give us that race in a nutshell. Uh, race in a nutshell is Ellen Van Dyke ignited the race, you know, made lots of noise, lots of like, wonderful moves, attacky, tacky, blah, 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 and Emma Johansson won. Yes, basically. It was come, kind of coming down to a small group of six riders, which had Emma Johansson, Ellen Van Dyke, Amy Peters of Liv Shimano, um, other riders like Roxana Knateman was in there, Kasha, I can't pronounce her name, oh god I'm so sorry I can't even even try to do it, sorry, and um, yeah, group of six, comes down to it, Emma wins, clever racing from Emma, Ellen must be gutted. Yes, and hungry for more victory of her own, I am sure. But it'll be cool to see as that progresses through the season because, uh, I, I don't know, you know, like, Emma's got to take some time off the top step of the podium, doesn't she? Like, uh, Yeah. Luckily, because there are lots of other, there are lots of other efforts because we had three races in a row, basically, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in, in this little block of um, the, the Low Countries racing. And Saturday was the Mariana Vossic Classic. Now, again, you may remember this as the Dorpen Omloop Alberg. Alberg's Mariana Vossic's hometown. The race was completely flat. I just, I just love that they gave up pretending and just called it the Mariana Voss Classic. <laughs> you remember, you remember for like four years there, the the Criterium International for the men was was jokingly referred to as the Jens Voigt um, Invitational because he just won it every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just kind of nice that yeah we've stopped pretending it's the Mariana Voss Classic. 
No, but I think it's it's her hometown, and and this is something that comes. I think it might be more in cyclocross cross culture than road culture. But for example, you have the GP Sven Nace, which is in his hometown, and there's various other mountain cyclocross races named after you know that, that have become named after riders who live there. And Voss has always loved Alberg. She always so, does. So hang on, is this the way to get some more races, like like international races, on the Australian um, league of the calendar? So we just start naming them after riders. So yeah, we could have we could we could have the Emma Johansson race um, in Sydney and the the Tiff Cromwell in Adelaide. No, you're missing. You're missing. They have to live there. So yeah, you'd have Tiff Cromwell. You'd have the Cliff, Tiff Cromwell. I I am totally willing to offer my address as a as an Australian address for Emma Johansson. Yeah, I mean, I know your Bondi Beach flat is luxurious. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not some sort of wealthy British banker. <laughs> anyway, um, Marinovos Classic, it's completely flat. Um, I loved the Orica AIS reports about it. They're like, it's completely flat, and everyone wanted to, to, take, to take down Voss. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was utterly different to every other Dutch race. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, it's, everyone was keen on breaking the Voss bank and having some fun doing it as well. So everyone was jumping off the front. He's saying even Carly Taylor, who's not a... Um, climber was was diving off the front and anyway it's flat it tons of attacks but of course you know as you say mariana voss classic won by mariana voss second lucy garner yay lucy young junior um former junior world champ and we'll come on to more former junior world champs doing well and in third emma johansson see again on that podium she just lives up there it's crazy yeah and that was the that race is part of the dutch um uh, the Dutch there's a there's a sort of mini season isn't it yeah there's the top sport competition it's it's a nice Dutch um, you know nice Dutch little series and they went went so from the Saturday with a Dutch one to Sunday with Guik Herardsberg and Guik um, which is part of the Lotto Cycling Cup which is a little Belgian series Mm. now we had the climbing race on the Friday the flat race on the Saturday and on the Sunday, Guick was a combination, flat, hilly, flat, um, Guick, Gerardsbergen, Guick, Guick, yes, that is the Moor Gerardsbergen in the middle of that race. How yep. exciting! And, um, it's always yeah. good to have some mid-season cobbles, I feel. I think that's important. Yeah. yeah, mid-season cobbles, and it was actually a really nice set of different parkour over the weekend. Um, you know, really, really, really good fun. And... Um, yeah, so uh, Lucenoik was out by herself, solo, um, racing for ages and ages and ages, until she was unfortunately chased down by Mariana Voss, Elisa Longo <laughs> and Ashley Moorman, with Emma Johansson sitting on just for fun. Oh, wow. So, holy shit. But, like, Carl must have been absolutely happy with that. Yeah, yeah. To, to, I mean, to, you yeah, know... To, when you've got four, and I mean, those are all top quality riders, but when you've got two of four, geez, you must be feeling good. Yeah, and this was an especially good weekend for high tech because on the Saturday they'd been one of the Coupe de France races, the Grand Prix Plumelec Morbihan, which is a nice hilly race. And in that, Audrey Cordon of high tech came first, and Elisa Longo Borghini of high tech came second. So, yeah, high tech were definitely wow. playing. They came, they came first and second in a two-woman breakaway. <laughs> so, yeah, no, lots of attacks. Um, yeah, small group with, with um, 
loose. And it was interesting because from what you can tell of the race, now there's going to be a video that comes out of this much later because the Lotto Cycling Cups are videoed by the Motor Media team, but it always takes them a while to edit them because they, they do have day jobs. Um, so Luce was caught just after all the climbs. So then it was Luce, Voss, Longo Borghini, Ash Norman, Emma Johansson in a breakaway with... So that's, that's basically two high-techs, two oracas, and Luce. Cool. And sorry, and, so, yeah, they're chasing, 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 and they're being chased down by the peloton that's thundering behind them. And the small group only just not get caught, like, by about 25 seconds or something. But... It's won by Marianne Voss with Emma Johansson in second and Elisa Longo-Borghini in third. <laughs> okay, cool. So even though there was a lot of racing, um, you know, the, the script does seem to be reasonably consistent, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I, I mean, I think this is one of the things about women's racing. So, oh, it's boring because the same people win all the time. But it's like, it's not. It's totally not. That's no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Because the races are very, very different. And the, the makeup is different. And it's one of the things I like is that, you know, like, like we're talking, you know, that, that group, there's not a dud rider in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and it's also, I mean, you know, it, there's something about being on, you know, being on form for this weekend as well. It's like it's a fun weekend and of course Voss is going to target her home race. And of course, Emma Johansson is going to target the same race as Voss targets because that's what she's best at. Unfortunately, Voss is just that tiny bit better. Um, one other race in Europe this weekend, and that was the Auensteiner Radsportage in Germany. I'd love to tell you more about this race, but all I literally know is the results. And that was Lisa Branauer won the ITT, and then she won the road race, and she won the general classification. So it was, it was uh, everything was coming up Branauer that weekend. Everything was coming up Branauer and um, Veloso Sports specialised Lululemon, which was interesting. Segway. Yeah, I mean they've it, produced uh, uh, one of the most amazing things I've seen. Oh, oh, oh! Are we not talking Philly? Oh well, I, I thought. I, I, Oh, so, oh, Jesus. Sorry. I've completely ruined the show water. That's it. Everyone pack up. Go home. That's the end of the well, podcast. We're done. About one of those no, let's talk about one of the most amazing things you've ever seen. Okay. Well, it's just like because you'd mentioned the podium, that's why I went in the other direction. Because, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, specialised little yeah. women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that replacing stompity stompy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to name the episode. How do you spell that? <laughs> Just tell us what the most amazing thing you've ever seen is. Well, now it's the mental image of you going, <laughs> but before that, it was the specialized Lululemon video that they um, they published this week um, on the different, different things that it's important to keep in mind when you've won a race and uh, on the podium. Um, I really love this video. It's a really sweet little video by, on the Specialized YouTube. Um, we've linked to it, of course, on our site. Yep. Um, it starts off with Evie Stevens and Ali Stucker talking about how you what, what you do in race interviews. Yeah. <laughs> really, going, yeah, you always say the race was hard, even if it wasn't. <laughs> because someone else might have found it hard, so you know you don't want to don't want to upset them. Um, I, I also liked Evie really stressed the importance of knowing how many kisses you're supposed to give in each country because it's kind of awkward if you go for the extra kiss and hit their lips. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you had Tiffany Cromwell demonstrating. Oh no, no, no! Before that, though, because this is one of my favourite moments: is um, is Evie showing off her her absolutely gun cyclist arms. 
trying to <laughs> trying to demonstrate holding a trophy over your head, but she's they're in a they're in a national park or something, and she's picked up a rock. <laughs> she almost falls over trying to lift this fucking rock over her head. It's so funny. I do love her, Evie. Yeah, bless her heart. Let's just hope <laughs> she never wins Flanders because she'll just not be able to cope with the cobbled trophy. Oh, um, but but no. yeah, but but you're absolutely right. Going on to, to Tiff, I actually found that a little bit scary, to be honest. What the Tiffany Tiffany Cromwell demonstrating the proper use of podium bubbly? Yeah, like like I swear that woman knows how to hurt you with champagne. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit because she was she was taking she was she was taking a lot of time to get it opened. I don't think it was champagne, Daniel. Um, she, was ta- she was taking she was taking a lot of time to get it opened, wasn't she? But then she just went completely mad, and poor, 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 poor Taylor Wiles, who was standing well, next to. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you hear about um, you know bubbly bubble baths and stuff like that, but getting showered like that, like that was, it was somewhere between, you know, you know how sometimes you'll see uh, a video of a really good protest that sort of turns into a riot, and then the police turn up and use a water cannon, and um, and poor people just go flying hundreds of meters under the pressure of, of high powered water jets. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that, but sticky. Yeah. I liked her. I liked her top tip to definitely spray the cameras so that they get a good shot. Yeah, yeah, so considerate of her. <laughs> uh, all those, all those lenses, and <laughs> I know, I know. But um, yeah, so the reason I was going to go straight from uh, the Philadelphia, straight from the Steiner Rad Sportage to the Philly Classic. Oh, well, you because... you were going to give away the winner, weren't you? No, I was. <laughs> can't believe you just did that. I was going to mention that last year, um, Evie Stevens was the first rider ever, a first USA rider ever to win the Philly Classic. Mm, mm. And, and it's been going for years and years and years. And I think it's because they finally moved it so that the Manne Junk wall is at the end of the race. So basically, make the race harder, Americans win it. Um, well, I mean, it's certainly, certainly a viable theory. I actually hadn't really thought about that aspect of it before. Um, but, but I do also think that, um, American cycling, like, uh, is really starting to come into its own. Um, you know, they've got more and more races that seem to be getting stronger, like, you know, um, Redlands and, and, um, Nature Valley and, and, you know, so on that are that are building a profile and yeah so um yeah interesting. now dan and i may descend into bickering during this segment that never because... happens sarah i can't believe you said that we never bicker <laughs> because one of the interesting things about the philly classic is for last year and this year it's been streamed mm, it, it is um one thing that is you know very exciting to me is any chance to see a race um properly or or at all <laughs> flesh will on yeah and this was, this was definitely more on the at all rather than the properly side it is um but it's it's one of those ones that we actually talk about a fair bit because obviously the lack of of race um video um particularly live race video is an ongoing issue um not just for fans but for race organizers it's a challenge and and i think fairly it's also a challenge for the uci um and on the one hand, we've all become accustomed to a certain style and, and you know, air quote, quality of coverage because of what men's racing gets, you know, a couple of helicopters and, and all that sort of shit. Um, 
So it is an interesting sort of logistical problem, um, and uh, I guess also uh, a problem in terms of balancing expectations against realism to a certain extent. Uh, so last year, um, there was a, the, the the video of the race was pretty much a couple of fixed cameras, and um, and it was you know at, at points on the course, and it was just wait and get some commentary in between times and and see riders go past. Uh, but this year, they and and I, I genuinely think, definitely to their credit, um, Philly took a brave decision and tried to provide more of a um, live on the road uh, video experience, which involved uh, a cameraman by the name of Jim hopping on the back of a motorbike, uh, which he was admittedly a little bit nervous about, um, and following the race. Yes. Yes. And Dan has a favourite part of this, which he will, um, yes. Yeah, well, let's, let's just hear Jim describe uh, how he was feeling before, before he started his coverage. I'm waiting for my motorcycle ride here in a oh. second. How awesome, you sit on the back and take the video? Yeah, I'm going to be kind of scared shitless. I'm not... <laughs> See, now, the, the weird, so if you're watching the video, basically it starts out with just people chatting and bits of bags and Jim running and, and all sorts of things and weirdness and then, then Jim's screaming his head off on the motorbike and, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, so there's two ways you can put it and it's interesting because... On Twitter, there was two ways that you could approach this, this this coverage. One was to get... I mean, I personally think it makes it look a little bit amateurish. Um, that, that, you know, you've got, like, this terrible, terrible footage to the point of art film terrible. It, it did transcend itself. You could either complain about it or you could just get into the spirit of it and just start marvelling. I mean, I think, I think Clara was saying that she wanted to make a gym drinking game. <laughs> I'm sure uh, you could have done that. Um, I, I actually have a very different opinion. I, I disagree um, a fair bit with, with that. I actually thought, um, you know, Jim is providing a, a live feed from one camera um, on the back of a motorbike. It's, it's basically impossible under those conditions to provide, you know, a full comprehensive, like, visual demonstration of what's happening in the race at all times. You can only show what's in front of you. Um, but at the same time, they worked their way up and down the field and you could, you could get a broad sense of what was going on. And I actually really loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it also seemed obvious to me, Jim was clearly like a, a very, very professional cameraman. Um, but again, without the benefit of a multiple camera setup and a director who can cut from one camera to the next, yeah, you do get a lot of those, him adjusting his position, moving the camera around, you know, changing the angle of his shots and that sort of thing. But it seemed clear to me that that was designed... Um, for some sort of edited footage to come out further down the line as well. Yeah, I think the thing is, is, is it's not... Um, here's my issue, is it was very, 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 very funny. And we've, got, we've linked to the full footage on, on our website, prowomenscycling.com, and it took him a couple of laps to get into it. But the conversations you heard were about him talking about he'd never been on the back of a motorbike before. And I think that when you've got just two UCI-level races in the USA... And, you know, and, and the thing is, is Philly Classic is not a poor race. They had a $63,000 $63, prize pool for men and women, equal prize money for men and women, you know, it, which was fantastic and great. But seriously, $63,000, put $10,000 into of, of that into coverage, you know, like it's great to have prize money, but... Well, I don't think $10,000 put into coverage would actually get you any better coverage. 
Well, but that was it was pretty terrible. And no, I, I, I disagree with. It. I, I don't think it was terrible at all. I thought it was great. Dan thinks it's art. No, um, no, I just thought it was. I, I genuinely thought between that and Twitter updates, I had a really good understanding of what was going on in the race. Uh, you know, I, and and as I said on Twitter at the time, it, you know, I had a much better understanding of what was happening in that race while it was happening than I did of a classic like Flesh for Long or even um, you know uh, Ronda van Flanderen or or many other bigger, better, well-established, richer races. So yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I like it was funny. It was funny and it was interesting. I mean, the other funny thing is, is that you get this thing where the people who are watching the women's cycling, because, you know, you just mellow into it and start teasing and you get the Jim the Cameraman hashtag and that was funny. Um, but, and then the people for the men's race really lost their shit over it. Did you see any of the people commenting on that or were you No, no, I, I went to bed after the women's race because, yeah. you know... No, I, people were really losing their shit over Yeah, but that's, that's... I mean, that's basically the men's rights activism of cycling fandom, isn't it? <laughs> it's... Well, no, it is because it's just fucking bullshit entitlement. You know, did you see, that, did no, you see, honestly, that's all that is. That's just people going, oh, I'm used to two helicopters and fucking six moto cameras and what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, well, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. Did you know that Jim broke his ankle? I didn't know. Poor Jim. He was involved in the crash in the men's race and broke oh, his ankle. Oh no, that's terrible. I so, really, I really like Jim. I feel like Jim and I have bonded during that race. I would, I, I would happily buy Jim a beer. All I'm saying is, I wish they'd found a way to chop in the um, commentary, the audio commentary, so that you didn't have to listen to yep. Jim and the camera yep. talking. No, absolutely about... agree with that. Absolutely do agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what happened in the race? <laughs> well, okay. So, the race itself, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a. It, it's circuit race, like it's 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 a multi lap race, um, but the big feature is Matty Young Quall, uh, which is the major climb, and um, you know as Sarah said before, since they moved to have the finish on the climb, um, we've seen the American riders um, start to really do well. But also, I think you know it, it always makes for a, a more intense race. Um, interestingly, um, Ali Powers, who is the newly crowned. Uh, US champion um, and as we talked about last week she's actually currently holding I think it's three US national titles yeah. Um, Road. yeah so you know just ridiculous and obviously given that nationals was just a couple of weeks ago she's on great form at the moment um, sort of found herself in an accidental one woman break because <laughs> just saw a chance went on a bit of an attack and then had 30 seconds and it was like oh fuck I guess I keep riding so, to be fair, Ali might not have actually said fuck. I wasn't there and didn't know. So, <laughs> but in my mind, you know, it, it's yeah. Anyway, um, so she was she was actually out solo for the better part of two laps. Um, Optum, uh, presented by Kelly Benefit Strategies, were quite aggressive in trying to reel her. Well, actually, I don't think they were trying to reel her back at first. I think they were trying to send someone across to work with her, um, figuring that she probably wouldn't last on her own and if they could get a two up going that they'd have a, a real shot at the win uh, which kind of played into the hand of of the other team that I think everyone would have been keeping an eye on obviously being specialised Lululemon with Evie Stevens who won last year uh, mm. it was on the just before the end of the second uh, last lap I think that's the right way to say it um, you know there was one lap to go uh, Alison Powers was caught and so the bunch were together for most of the last lap. And uh, and then leading into that final climb, um, 
it was it was looking like optimal right at the front and in the mix. Um, and as they came round the corner onto the street leading up to Manayunk, um, Specialized basically formed a bit of a sprint train, kicked it off, and then Evie just launched up the hill and won for her second year in a row. Uh, beating out our good friend, uh, big big time friend of the the podcast, Lex Albrecht from Team Twenty Sixteen, mm-hmm. uh, who came second, obviously, and um, and oh holy shit, I've got it here, Lauren Hall, Lauren She's Hall, also, Lauren Hall is one of the as they kept saying during the Nationals commentary, they said it about four times, Lauren Hall, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet on or off the bike. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, and and from Optum, one of the so. Yeah, and, and I think that actually really pays off for, for Optum um, as well because um, particularly uh, given that that they had worked so hard in an attempt to, um, you know, rein in uh, Ali Powers' lead and um, and try to, to get involved in the race, um, you know, a podium finish is definitely a great result for them. So, yeah. I, I love that race, and I especially love it because the crazy spectators, the women's race starts at 8.15 in the morning, which you're like, yeah, really? But then I guess this is America. Isn't America very hot? Uh, I think it depends on which part of it you're in, which time of year. Uh, I, I don't know about this time of year, but I imagine um, Philly it's is summer. probably, yeah, but I don't think it, it's not peak summer yet. See, that's that's, you know, late June, early July, I think, really. So I'd say I'd say it would have been pretty pleasant. Um, I think it, I, from memory it was somewhere around eighty degrees Fahrenheit, whatever the fuck that means in in real temperatures. No idea. No, nah, it's like probably it's probably let's say it was twenty six. So yeah, twenty six. Yeah, so yeah, really nice. so, but, but even at eight fifteen, so it's it's something like um, five laps of the course, isn't it? Yep. Five the 12 kilometer of the 12 mile course, and even at eight fifteen, the people on Manny Wall did seem to be a little bit. Um, Hammered is the way you're saying it. Well, yes, but to be fair, the people on the course at eight fifteen in the morning, Sarah, may not have been coming out. They could still have been on their way home. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's not necessarily that they were morning drinking. They they might have still oh. been night before drinking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so fun race. Um, one of two races, as I say, one of two UCI races um, in the USA. Mm. Um, if you like your American racing, there was also uh, the Glencoe Glen Grand Prix Crit, part of the USA Crit Series, which is won by Sarah Fader. Sarah Fader, I don't know. And coming up is the North Star Bicycle Festival, which you may know as the Nature Valley GP. Um, cool. It's, it's it's lovely, really lovely race. There's going to be some live streaming. There's live twittering. There's so much good stuff in this. I love, I love awesome. it. It's a huge festival. If you're anywhere nearby them, then go and see them. It's St. Paul's, Minneapolis, um, yeah. Stillwater, all of those places. And go and see it. If you run it's, into our mate Chris Rivera, say good day to him for us. Big, big supporter of women's cycling from yeah, that way. So, so. Yeah. Hurrah for USA riding. Um, and speaking of crits, yeah, I was going to say you. Um, and speaking of going north, uh, which we weren't, but sure. Uh, you, 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 I was going to say even I think Minnesota's lower than than Philadelphia. You went south, south of Philadelphia. Oh, I'm pretty sure you're wrong about that. Oh, oh, which is further north, Philadelphia or Minnesota? Pretty oh. sure it's Minnesota. Uh, yeah. So it's the more southern one, I'm sure. Uh, well, I'm going to dig up a map while you tell us about how you went to the best part of the UK, also known as Scotland. 
oh, well, it might not be part of the UK for much longer. Um, no, I went to Scotland and it was fantastic. I went with the Matrix Volpine team because it was the fourth round of the Johnson, the Matrix GP at the Tour Series. Um, the Tour Series is an insane set of races, actually. Um, it's, it's something, it's, for the men, it's like 10 races over for over about a month. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. But basically, it's a series of city centre crits. They start at like 5.30 in the evening. It's their evening crits. And they're just, it's so spectator friendly. The women, the the the, the, the Edinburgh um, course, it starts on Grass Market, which is like a very famous Edinburgh street full of pubs, um, goes up, a cobble, starts and finishes on this long cobbled stretch, up a steep turn, steep cobbled climb onto Georgia Fourth Bridge, massively steep turn, massively, massively steep corner um, by the uh, Greyfriars Bobby pub. Yep. Streaming down this narrow, bumpy, lumpy road service back onto Grass Market, huge tight U turn, back on and do it all over again. Yeah? One kilometre circuit superb literally sitting below the castle yeah and yep. um, before the race started they had uh warm-up races for hand cycles tandems recumbent tandem i didn't know that was a thing no wow that's yes. like doubly annoying i mean sorry to all our recumbent listeners that's just yeah people don't ride recumbents to be annoying daniel <laughs> it just happens <laughs> oh my god i can't I believe you set that up <laughs> <laughs> and they also had warm-up races for youth racers and masters category races and it's i mean for a crit circuit i've got this this hill is steep this it's really steep edinburgh's all on on if you if all on all on hills um steep cobbly lethal looking thank goodness it didn't rain but i was hanging out with matrix volpine with our dear friend um stefan and helen wyman uh, Steph's the DS. Helen's Helen Helen was Helen's rides there when she's not cyclocrossing, and we started off. Steph met me at the airport, and we went for breakfast with one of the riders, Louise Borthwick, with her entire family. Put the entire team up for breakfast. Oh wow! With amazing breakfast, really brilliant, and yeah. And then we headed out to the race, watched them warm up because they literally they don't you don't have team cars. You have the pits opposite the start finish line, so yep. you can kind of just go and watch them warm up. That's pretty very cool, exciting. actually. Yeah, really. And it's, I mean, you get very, very close to them. And, and the crowds are huge. And Grass Market is just basically lined with pubs down one side, down the cobbly side of the street. So there's, you know, plenty of people to do and see. Everywhere in Edinburgh's walking distance. It's such a nice city and very beautiful. And you're literally looking, oh, look, there's the castle. There's the bike races. There's Chris Hoy. He's doing a launch of his, he's doing a bike race that you could race with Chris Hoy. It was there's, there's Chris Hoy towing the castle on his bicycle. <laughs> Ever. Oh come on! His thighs are basically the size of the castle. Yes. So really nice attacking, attacking, attacking race. Um, it kind of there was like this little front group that had Eileen Rowe, who was leading the series from Starley Primal, and Helen Wyman and Katie Archibald from oh what they called these days Perlazumi Sports Tours International. And yeah, and they they kind of they they basically there's this small group that kind of changed and grew and 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 shifted and and moved around. But basically, it was those three riders were always up there at the front. Helen attacking, attacking, attacking. Good old psychocross rider. Let's ride crits on the cobbles and um yeah but a bit, but it came down to about about three laps to go katie archibald world champion on the track um in the team pursuit team just launched some mega attack she's a local girl she used to ride for edinburgh cycling club and she just launched i think she got away with two laps to go 
Helen chasing her solo, but Katie Archibald grinning through her pain all the way up. The crowd's <laughs> going crazy. Uh, Katie wins. Helen comes second. Claire Thomas comes third. Um, yeah, great race. And if you want to watch it, it's available on the ITV player. ITV player. If you look up to a series. If you're in the UK, you can see it for the next 30 days. If you're not in the UK, use Ola or Tunnel Bear set to the UK and you can pretend to be in the UK. I'm going to avoid, yes. Okay, cool. Um, that's awesome. And very cool that you can actually see the race. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was so much fun. And I've got to say a massive thousand huge immense thanks to to Stefan and the whole um, Matrix Worldpoint team for being super friendly and lovely. And you can see my photos on my Twitter. They really are just awesome ambassadors for cycling, aren't they? Like, like I know I crush on Steph a fair bit and, and that sort of thing, but... It, it, it really does come from the fact that he's just so genuinely passionate about and committed to doing everything that he can think of to do to help grow the sport and, and not just grow it, but grow it in a healthy and really positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got on, on their website, on the drops, they've got a section called Neutral Service where John Cyclopunk writes, John O'Bea writes a lot of um, a lot of stuff about all sorts of different races, like, mm. but definitely not just the, the their races yeah you know yeah. definitely not like literally it doesn't matter whether the team are in there or not they've got really good reports good photos and that's just lovely it's yeah. it's they really he really cares about it and i'm really happy to see him at the moment because he's been he's got a he's got a new lease of life a new 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 energy after the um after the women's tour of britain and the other thing i did was i went to the pub <laughs> This is the real reason we're friends, isn't it? Cause, yeah. I, I, met, I met a load of, I met a bunch of people who I knew off of Twitter and went to the um, went to the pub with them. And I'm sorry, I'm going to mangle your names, but Andy Gary and Callum and Gcam76, no, 84, no. Oh, God, I've forgotten. No, no, it, is, it is 76. Oh, great. Gcam76 and, yeah, and, and someone else whose name I've completely forgotten. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I can, I'm picturing your face. And also the lovely Scott O'Rourke from Velocast. And that was lovely. We were sitting in the pub um, while the men's race was going on and had some beers and then watched the men's race finish outside, standing up on things, drinking beers and just having a really nice time. And it's always good to meet Twitter people. I really, really recommend it. If you ever go to races, just use the hashtag and go, hey, does anyone want to go for a drink? Because people are lovely and you get to talk about cycling in the pub with nice people. It doesn't, you don't even have to drink beer. It's just a nice thing to do. It could mm. be the coffee shop. I don't care. Yes. Absolutely. <sighs> hey, um, so, um, guess what? You're dead wrong. Just like so 18 million different kinds of wrong. wrong. Really? Yeah. So states that are south of Philadelphia that start with M include Mississippi, Missouri. That, yeah. That, that, that was it. That's the list of states. That, oh, unless you want to include New Mexico, but that doesn't count because it's, it's technically oh new. Oh my goodness, Minnesota's so far so, north, so, it? so states that are north of Philadelphia... <laughs> That, that begin with M. Massachusetts. Maine. Michigan. Montana. Minnesota. Uh, oh, um, Minnesota does actually appear to be one of the most northerly states of the US. It fucking borders Canada, man. And Minneapolis is near the north of Minnesota. It's like, dude. 
your US geography is awesome. <laughs> I just knew that Philadelphia was really far north. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Honestly, because we keep talking about how we'll catch up at Worlds in Virginia, and I'm actually worried about whether or not you can find it. <laughs> I can see Virginia itself of Philadelphia. <laughs> to, to be fair, two-thirds of America is south of Philadelphia. And everywhere south of Minnesota. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, um, someone needs to make me a jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, um, so Sword Panda, Caroline, I'm, I'm reaching out to you because you did such a wonderful job in teaching Sarah the parts of a bike. She now <laughs> understands that the brake levers are attached to the handlebars. Before, <laughs> she didn't even know what the handlebars were. So, <laughs> you know, despite the fact that they literally have the word handle in them. <laughs> so, could you maybe help us with a map of, of the US? What? Of, of I don't know, just just bits that are Minnesota and all the other bits or something like that. I don't know. What, whatever you think will help Sarah, please. We request but that a... isn't a really good segue. <laughs> <laughs> because Minnesota's right next to Canada. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and one of the things I really, really liked this week was the video of Denise Kelly. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was a great video of... of um, <laughs> well, it was a, it was a UCI video actually, um, profiling her role as the Canadian national team's DS. Um, and what I really liked about it was, um, I mean, there was some really nice interview stuff with her. But what I actually really loved was just all the sort of casual footage they had of her dealing with her writers and her staff. Um, it was really cool seeing the way that she interacted with people and was just, uh, I don't know. My impression was, you know, very comfortable and secure in in what she was doing, but also in, in that she clearly had the respect and rapport with her writers and, and everyone else that she was she was managing. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I always like the Canadian national team because they, they, send, they, they send a lot of writers over here and, and they act as a really good way of spotting talent, but also helping writers who may not necessarily be at the stage to race in Europe full time get to learn about the races. And Denise is a very experienced DS. And... I really liked her talking about, um, she's saying that since she's been doing it, she always counts in the manager's meeting how many women there are there. Yeah, And sometimes yeah. it's only two, and now there's like seven or eight. Which is very, like, very cool, really. I mean, it's it's obviously nowhere near where we want to see it ultimately be, but it's it's great to see that it is growing. So Yeah, I mean, I have a bit of an issue with this thing, because a lot of teams will kind of... Um, especially national teams will just shove a, a dude in, just shove a dude who's like, I don't know, he's come from a, he's ridden for a men's team before, or maybe not even, or maybe he's ridden on the track or something, and they'll just shove him in as the DS. And he'll do that for, he'll do that, you know, I, I think Jackson Stewart from USA Cycling, the classic one, where he was admitting all the time he was only, he knew nothing about women's cycling, and he was only doing it to try and get a job as a DS on the men's team. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you have a ton of DSs like, um, uh, Ronnie Lauka, the specialised Lululemon DS, who's been a, you know, or, or Marv Barris from Orica, who aren't looking to kind of swap, you know, they're, they're not seeing the women as a stepping stone to the men, they're seeing the women as really good sports athletes in their own right, and it's a really good job in their own right. But yeah, I kind of, it's one of those things that I wish that there was more opportunity for women to kind of move into those roles. Yeah. But the other thing I thought was interesting was they asked her, do you ever get any grief from other DSs about being a woman? And she's like, not from DSs, but... 
some of the staff that she's worked with before. I found that really interesting, actually, for two reasons. One, that, that she said she did get some attitude from staff. But I also, I mean, on the one hand, I found this was a great response, was what, what happened as a result of that was that she made sure she then had um, the, the power and right to choose who she would work with. Yeah, yeah. So mechanics and swannies who wouldn't take her orders because she wouldn't, 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 yeah, who, wouldn't respect her because yeah. she was a woman. And yeah, and it's great. It's it's testament, I think, to the Canadian cycling, you know, to, the, mm. to cycling Canada that they've done that. So I love that video. That's I think you should look it up again. It's on our site, prowomenscycling dot com, because yep. it's a nice insight into how teams are run. And yeah. the other nice insight I sort of thought into how teams were run was from in moving to Australia, which is definitely south of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and, unless we literally turn the world upside down, yes. Yes. Um, when there's a there's a there's a there's a podcast. It's it's a podcast. It, it, it looks like a video, but it's an audio podcast. Yeah, it's it's a podcast. Um, but they they load it to YouTube. Just I think so. I, I assume just because that's easy. Um, yeah. Called the Hub, and um, it's an Australian um, podcast with um, uh, Catherine Bates, uh, former world track champion um, and pro cyclist. Um, and uh, Rupert Guinness, uh, cycling journalist, is a regular on there as well, plus a, a bunch of other people. Um, and and so it, it's probably one of the... I don't think you could really... You know, like, it's cycling. You can't really call it mainstream, but it's one of the higher-profile sort of um, Australian-generated cycling bits of media. Yeah, so. and this week was all about women... And it had our good friend, um, Kelvin. Crazy cycle fan on Twitter. Kelvin. Kelvin's Um, awesome. Uh, Honestly, Kelvin is one of the nicest um, and and not just um, passionate about women's cycling, but he he is literally one of those guys who puts his money where his mouth is and is deeply involved in every aspect of of building the sport of women's cycling. Have the utmost respect for him and and Tegan. Um, And next time you see him, he can buy you another beer for that. Oh yeah! Uh, actually, what tends to happen is he buys a beer and then I drink it for him. So, okay, but yeah, I mean, that, and so. But actually, was... sorry, just I, I know I keep interrupting. I apologise, but that's actually probably a really good way to measure how high an esteem I hold Kelvin in. I, I still really, really like him, even though he doesn't really drink beer. Australians. That's how um, much I like him. That's um, how good Kelvin is. So Kelvin was talking about um, about setting up and running his team. Yep. What's his team called? Roxol. Roxol Sydney Uni Velo, and yep. he was talking about and and he's Roxol is his company, isn't it? it it's his business. Yep, yeah, well, with it's his partner. Literally, literally, he loves women's cycling so much that he's put his he's he's sponsoring a team himself. Well, and, and, yeah. and also running it. You know, it, it's yeah. And last year they were this well this well your Aussie in in last Aussie summer mm. they were racing um, racing with Chloe Hosking was riding for them weren't they Yeah, in, she, in of, she was their their sort of um, premier guest rider um, in the and and part of yeah in in the summer crit series and part of Kelvin's goal with putting this team together is what he has specifically tried to do is find riders like Chloe um, and and um, get them to race alongside up-and-coming um, women riders so that they get some exposure to and direct experience from some of the seasoned pros in the, the senior pro peloton. 
Um, and, you know, it, it's just such a smart thing to do. And, it, it, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm gushing, but I really, really, really rate the whole idea and what he's doing. It's, it's just awesome. Well, and, and on the podcast, he's talking about how he started the team and how he's expanding it yep. and what the goals are for the future. And they talk about the Aussie season as well. So we, what, listen to that. Listen mm. to that, people. They're great. And yes, and he doesn't swear. So, yeah, you can listen to it in front of your children if that is one of your issues. Um, other <laughs> Australian things I liked this week, I liked Monique Hanley. Um, yeah, so always- she, wrote, she wrote a blog about how to – now, what was it called um, – making changes is how to make changes or something like that yeah 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 and she was talking in response to a another piece in a in the ride in ride magazine which was uh, la 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 talking about the problems with cycling does quote me i didn't know i was quoted in it but yes i am there um and she was saying that it was the same old thing of like talking about how things need to change but she's saying yeah and it's in the context of ride magazine where they're not talking about women's cycling <laughs> <laughs> So I really recommend that one. It's it's a really good one. And Monique, as always, has she she's another one who puts her money where her mouth is. Yep. She's really re- really making change and herself. So she really knows what she's talking about. It's yeah. it's more just words with her. Yep, and absolutely. another another Aussie doing the same thing. I really like BM. We you have heard us talk about BMX star Caroline Buchanan, world champion of BMX and four cross. And she has, she's got a regular video series following her throughout the season. And in this one, she interviewed a load of people from the UCI talking about how the BMX women's sport is progressing. Cool, cool. I haven't actually Absolutely. seen that one yet, so I'm looking forward to catching up with it. So. Well, she's always great and always really passionate about it. And, I mean, one of the things I love about Caroline is she's got her own, she's set up her own like, little team for yeah. little, little girls riding BMX. And, you know, she's doing all this stuff. It's not just about... She really loves the sport, and mm-hmm. she's used her own profile to to kind of get to kind of try and build it as far as possible. So, yay, we love that. Yay. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And, and there's another couple of BMX videos on our site with links with clips to racing, which you can see. Cool. Now, um, speaking of other other cycling disciplines, um, there was some trial stuff going on this week too, wasn't there? There's tri- I don't even know what trials is. At some stage, I'll be able to breathe and watch that video. But we yes, kind of we kind of talk about this every every single time. But basically, you remember how you were excited by the new Danny McCaskill video? Yeah, that's basically trials. Oh no! Am I going to get obsessed? Yes, yes, you are. Oh, okay. Well, I'll watch it after my show's up. Okay. Um, the other other types of cycling, tons of mountain biking, absolutely. Oh, we're coming up on Fort William again. How cool is that? Yes, Fort William. This week is the Fort William Downhill World Cup. If you have never watched mountain biking, watch the Fort William Downhill World Cup. It's streamed live on Red Bull TV, which is something like redbull.tv or redbulltv.com. It's easy. Just type in Red Bull TV. It'll come up. Um, They stream all the mountain bike World Cups, cross-country, eliminator and downhill live. And then as soon as they're over... You can just watch it again as the full coverage. Just watch Fort William. It's going to be amazing racing. It's beautiful. Downhill's just adrenaline-packed. They show, I think it's the top 10 women and the top 30 men finishing. It's just unbelievable. Um, Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous racing. Mm. Um, Please watch it. Please, please watch it just for me. Um, Please. Um, But we'll put the videos. I mean, as always, there's a ton of media out there. The last two mountain bike World Cups have been just about cross-country and eliminator. And this weekend, Pauline Fran Prevost won her second mountain bike World Cup oh, that's this year. A, that's amazing because she's basically come out of nowhere. I mean, she's never ridden mountain bike before. 
Jeez. <laughs> the um, the commentators on it, bless them, they're really, really good. They're really qualified commentators, and they know so much about the women on the, especially on the downhill. But they did have a little bit of a blind spot where they were suggesting <laughs> that Pauline Frampa, those new to mountain bike, coming off the road. <laughs> really, like, two times mountain bike junior world champion. Second number 23 world champs last year. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. She's she's seen a mountain bike before. Trust us. She has. I mean, it was great because they were talking about how she's won the Flesh Full On Road World Cup this Mm. year. And which was, you know, her first big, her first really big road Road, win. Yeah. And it seems to have given her massive confidence because she's now won two rounds of 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 the cross country World Cup. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's not it's not it's not at all that she's come out of nowhere. What it is is she was a junior superstar. She's got two two world champs in mountain bike, one world champ in the road. She probably should have won a lot more, but Hannah Solovey was done for doping when she was nineteen and beat her in a load of things. But yeah, mm-hmm. in, on the road. So Ferran Provost is like this genuine superstar. She rides cross in winter. She came eighth in the world champs road world champs a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. But she's kind of been balancing since she's turned since she's turned uh, turned elite she's been racing for Rabobank and yep. you know where best should the next Mariana Voss ride than with Mariana Voss and I think she's kind of had trouble balancing road and mountain well, bike well I was, I was going to say it is actually um, a, a little bit interesting I mean not just in terms of her ability but the comparison with Voss is actually quite accurate just because she is not just riding multiple disciplines but doing very well in all of them and I imagine particularly as a younger rider that's got to be quite a difficult thing to sort out because you probably love all of them um, you know probably not equally but but quite a lot and working out where you want to put your focus um, must be must be quite a challenge uh, but it's very cool to see her performing so well all over the place. Yeah, and um, they said, and we said this before, but um, her her DS was saying that um, Kuzma Reinhardt was saying that her road DS was saying that she she somehow she sometimes lacks confidence. And and we've talked we talked about this before about the, the pressure of coming off juniors mm. to to elites and and how hard it is and 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 how hard it must be and how it must be mentally really difficult. But yeah, she's now got two mountain bike she can't unfortunately because she's under 23 she's not eligible to race in the um elite mountain bike you know in the elite mountain bike world champs so we'll but we'll see her and her live teammate yolanda neff who also won a, a, a round of the world cup this year and is the reigning under 23 world champ the the under 23 is going to be amazing i think it actually yeah. might be a tough race to win than the elites wow well a lot to um, look forward to yeah yeah the other the other thing we saw more Scottish racing was the Tweed Love round of the Enduro Road Enduro World Series. Now Enduro mountain biking is a relatively new is a pretty new discipline. It's non UCI. They've basically gone their own way. Fuck that. Yeah, well, I was actually going to say it's it's actually not technically a new discipline. It's just that it, it's kind of starting to really grow out of its niche, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. and you. You basically race something like nine races over a weekend, yeah, over the over the competition, and you also have to ride between starts and finishes as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's very very hard, and it's kind of a mix of it's kind of a mix of downhill and I guess marathon is probably the nearest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's horses. called enduro for a very good reason. It's it's tough. I mean, it's the kind of racing that that like cyclists in general are basically batshit crazy. 
And it's the <laughs> enduro's the kind of version of cycling that that batshit crazy cyclists go, oh, that that's batshit crazy. Yeah, it's basically you know? enduro downhill. Downhills for your ad- adrenaline junkie. I don't care if I die and get 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 break every bone in my body. That was a great run. Yeah. And enduro is more the what do you mean only nine races over two days? Yeah. If it's yeah. Enduro is kind of like the mountain bike version of the race across America, um, except you know they just do it every weekend. Yeah, and and you can see them riding along with little backpacks full of stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> you know you've got to fix your own bike, carry your own water. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. as always with mountain bikes, super ton of um, Tracy Mosley won everything. Um, yay Tracy Mosley, yay Timo, um, and Caroline Chausson in second, and Cecile Ravenel in third. And yeah, um, lots and lots of videos and links. We've I put a separate link, a separate mountain bike post up because oh my god, so there's, much stuff. There's so much of it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, very yeah. So go to our um, and loads of things we haven't had time to talk about. <sighs> um, yeah, so do check out do check out the the various links and videos and all that sort of stuff on the on the post. Um, I guess just quickly upcoming races. Um, so we've mentioned Fort William for the mountain bike, but also North America's still got some racing to go. And and some of I don't know about you, Sarah, but some of my favorite races. I love the the Gatineau races out of Canada. Oh, I love the Gatineau races. We've got the Chrono Gatineau on the 6th of June, which is a standalone ITT. And we've, then we've got the Grand Prix de Gatineau, 7th of June. And I'm really happy about this. It used to have a bit of a problem clashing with the Tour of California. But mm. it's UCI racing, always good fun. Um, definitely watch it. Especially the ITT is really good for spotting great people in the future. There's um, the Nagrad in Ljubljan, ITT, also on the 6th of June. In, and then we start the Basque mini-season as well. Yeah, with the um, Durango, Durango, Makimin, Saria. Is that, is it, is it Saria or Saria? Saria. Okay, Saria. 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 All right. On the 10th of June. And then the Ira at on the 12th to 15th of June. Um, that's up to four days again. Um, I haven't looked up the profiles because I can't, but I'll be looking at the preview on VeloFocus, as I do for every UCI race. Definitely go to VeloFocus.com and look at Sean's superb race previews. Um, but yeah, this race is known for Basque Mountains. Sometimes it has an uphill time trial. We can only hope that happens again. But this is one <laughs> of the this is one of the key um, races building, you know, basically building for the Giro. So yeah, it's 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 lots and lots of fun. Um, the other thing I just want to mention is I had a I did a podcast interview last week with our dear friend Clara Beard, Fern Coyote, mm. where. He talked about how our recent jobs running social media at races. Yep. Um, well, specifically, uh, you were talking about your experiences with the Friends Life Women's Tour, and she was talking about Tour Tracker for ATOC and the Tour of the Healer, yeah? Yep, and National Champs. And it does have references to Smith's lyrics and also <laughs> laughing about dongles. <laughs> so so mature i love that you paint me as the immature one and yet then you go and have a conversation with you know the sweet and innocent uh clara beard and and wind up snickering like a, a teenage boy about dongles she's yeah. the one who did the snickering sure sure sarah it's always the other person that you're podcasting so, with can you believe we've done that in about an hour all that racing no way. I, I'm seriously. I'm actually amazed that we we got through all of that. That's incredible. So, um, thank you very much for listening, dear listener. We'll try to be slightly less um, 
chaotic next week. No, he won't. It's even more racing. It's going to be great. Exactly. Exactly. We we really are just about to hit this most amazing. This has been the first week of what's going to be an amazing run of cycling. So make sure you keep up with us. Follow our blog, prowomencycling.com. Ask us any questions on Twitter. Dan is Dan W official. I'm underscore pigeons underscore. And you can contact us on our email, prowomencycling at gmail.com, where let us know. Tell us everything we've missed. Lots more we didn't get around to talking about in the po- in the post this week. So, yay! Yep. And and tell us what your thoughts were on, on Jim and, uh, and Philly. And also, uh, finally, thank you to everyone who voted in our poll last week. Um, Sarah's actual beard totally won that poll by, by almost double the votes of the nearest competitor. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you I very much. I think I'd rock a beard like um, Torhoshoft. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Good night.